Welcome to As You Were, a podcast for the Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Crystalline. Don't let them days go by. Man. Crystalline. I never made that connection. Um, you know why I made that connection? Because I, like Gavin Rosdale that one time, was just out in the rain. Mm. And I got wet and I looked so hot the whole time. Yeah, you look like Jesus. Wet Jesus. <laughs> wet Jesus. Uh, outside with two little dogs who they get out in the rain and they just don't know how to do anything anymore. Yeah, that's a, that's a real uh, little... I mean, it's an all-dog thing, mostly, but... It's an all-dogs thing. Fucking All dogs get wet in the rain. Forgotten, forgotten great one from the 2010s. All dogs kicking every day. My name is Tim. I'm looking at my friend David. You sure Anthony. are. Da- David Anthony. Um, and and my name is Tim Crisp. Just so we got that clear, Tim Crisp, David Anthony. This is our podcast. It's called As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, and this week the one that we decided to talk about. I know we got this whole like, oh, it's totally random, but I was like, David, we should talk about a "Is This Thing Cursed" song this week on As You Were. A podcast about Alkaline Trio, uh, which is the podcast that we host, mm-hmm. and and you said, "Oh, right, right," because every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. That is what I said, and so and so I was like, "Hey, is this thing cursed?" We haven't talked about it in a little bit. Um, this, of course, was the record that the Alkaline Trio released because we had started this podcast and we had really drummed up so much more conversation about the Alkaline Trio. And, you know, maybe maybe give them a little bit of motivation for yeah. a uh, real kick-ass new Alkaline Trio record, mm-hmm. which we were both like, our job is done. Our job it. is done. Like fucking Michael Jordan and his and his teammates. We gotta we gotta ride them hard sometimes because we know that in the end they're gonna do the goddamn best that they can because they want us to know that they fucking care. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta punch uh, Dan Andriano in the chest in practice to get him to write a song. But that, if that's what it has to be, that's what it has to be. And sometimes David and I just gotta gamble on anything that we possibly can just so long as we can hide from the media while doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, what? Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, is this thing cursed? Great record. Yeah, I... Um, God, it doesn't feel like that came out two years ago, uh, which is weird. Whoa, yeah. Um, I mean... I feel like I, was... I, I, feel like I entered quarantine two years ago. <laughs> Yeah, time is uh, very strange right now. I mean, them putting out that new EP feels like six months ago, and it was not. Mm. Um, so there's also that. This one is a record that I've not gone back to that much, admittedly. Mm. Um, but when I do, I'm always reminded that I, I like a good amount of songs on this record. There's some I... R- 
Some I don't want to say I hate because they aren't like bottom tier. Mm-hmm. But there's some decisions made where I'm like, I respect what you're going for, but I don't like it. Yeah. And that's why we wound up with this song because if it's that mold for me. It is a it is a pretty good example of a a record that I think the biggest strength of it is that it starts so fucking strong. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It really like comes out trying to just hit a fucking grand slam with each track. These are big swings that they that they open this thing with. Um I think that by the time we get to the end of the record, you lose a little bit of that excitement that comes at the beginning. And I think yeah. the biggest reason why is because it's a 13 song record that if it had kept the energy at the beginning of it, this would have been done in 10 tracks and yes. everybody would have fucking loved that it was 10 tracks. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing, like thinking about the new EP and I had said this before, you know, before that EP was announced or came out that like I missed them doing that kind of thing because mm-hmm. I think this record's proof that like they work pretty well in short creative bursts and like just kind of like, boom, like here's three or four songs that are all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't love every song on that EP, but I think it's strong. Like I enjoy it and I, you know, I those songs get stuck in my head, you know? Yeah, I feel like they they do a really good job of like making um y- you kind of understand that um like the material comes from really the same like season. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Especially early on, but like even going into the you know, the middle of the career, like it feels like uh Good Morning has just such a like time and place you know, moment to it. It's like they're in these spots in their lives and they, they produce this music that is, you know, it's a reference to the development of their career, where their mm-hmm. lives are at right now. And I, I, yeah, I, I do agree with the, the idea that um, the EP does that pretty well, where it's just like, boom, we're here. We're like, we're doing, uh, we're doing a few songs. We're putting them together. Like, on the spot not on the spot but like in the yeah, moment yeah, yeah. to a certain extent and i think that this lp opens with that but then there's like a little bit of excess that i think you and i aren't super high on and yeah. this is one of the examples of of that feeling yeah i mean i think the the songs that i reach to that i like the least cuz like honestly this is Unlike this addiction or my shame is true, there's not a lot of like musical stuff I dislike. It's mostly lyrical from mm-hmm. both Matt and Dan. Um, like I was thinking about it earlier, where I was like that song "Sweet Vampires." Like musically, is to- like a totally fine kind of straight ahead pop punk song. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that like I love about it, but there's nothing I hate about it except for the fact that it's about sweet vampire like i don't like that at all Mm -hmm. that is just not for me um but like conversely there's a song like throw me to the lions which is like second to last which is like i really like like quite a bit Mm -hmm. um and you know i think they do a good job of like 
if this was a shorter record, I would feel I would probably reach for it a lot more because I feel like every few songs there is kind of like a landmine in there that I'm just like, mm, don't really like that one. Yeah, and that's my only real issue with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's um, I think it's just a a question of, um, you know, I think that like weeding things out a little bit, like not treating any of the songs that aren't as great um you know not not being too precious with them just realizing that like these things can be like good on their own um but if we make this record about just being like a fucking straight forward like everything is a four to four and a half five out of five um making it a sprint essentially Mm. um if the, I think if that was if that was more of an objective goal, we would be talking about this record in a pretty different way. But yeah. I mean, also we are splitting hairs a little bit because I totally. think the the sentiment of the record itself is straight up the first four songs are being just, they're just fucking great. Well, and it's also like I imagine for them because I looked at it, it's not that long of a record. Like even at thirteen songs, it's under forty minutes, which is like pretty digestible length in terms Mm -hmm. of like runtime um and i you know it had been five years between records so i imagine there was a little bit of like we can't just do 10 songs totally you know like i think it was a little bit of like all right let's just give everything we've got here Mm -hmm. um which you know especially in the streaming era like i think that doesn't matter as much you know um yeah i'm thinking about it as a record that's literally on my shelf Mm-hmm. And I don't put it on that much because of my complaints with it. But, you know, it's definitely one when I'm like kind of skipping through on Spotify. I'm like, yeah, this is good. I mm-hmm. have a good time. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, you can't really fault them for not do- doing exactly what we want them to do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I think if there was if there was someone in there who was with them who had a little bit of sway, who just said, hey, why don't you cut like these three or four and think about think about the impact of a run time that is shorter and more direct and doesn't falter in any way that's going to give that's going to be a lot more valuable than you know sweet vampires yeah yeah or, that's kind of my thing uh-huh and i think throw me to the lines is a really good song to bring up because both of us had the opinion pretty right away um that that could have been the last song on the record yeah and it's not it's crystalline which is a fine song Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have the impact that this last acoustic song on an alkaline trio record should have i agree doesn't throw the weight that sorry about that does as an emotional um you know expression of a very very intimate thing blue in the face is just hanging on by a thread and crystalline is kind of a little bit too cute sure i it doesn't really to me express 
an emotional catharsis that this setup of last song being an acoustic song kind of demands. I mean, it's a hard move, right? Like, they have only done that move twice. Mm-hmm. And I think to really great effect. Calling it forced, I think, is is maybe the best way to describe how I feel about it. Because there are things I really like. I, I don't mind that very sparse, just kind of like, a guitar part. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's fine if you're trying to set up. Because the recording of it, when I listened to this song again today with headphones on, I was like, the recording of the guitar sounds great. And I think they kind of snuff it out by trying to put some like noises in the background that don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think again, the strength of those two songs that this song misses is that those songs are just basically Matt singing on an acoustic guitar. It sounds like one take altogether. And this, they're kind of removing the open space by putting those woes of him backing himself in between things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts in a song that doesn't need them. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm fine with the guitar riff and and that whole thing. Like that doesn't need to reinvent the wheel when you're doing an acoustic closing track. Yeah. Um, I think Matt's vocal performance is genuinely quite good. Yes. Uh, I think in the choruses, that's the most he sounded like him from the mid two thousands or earlier. Mm obviously since then like 1999 even and it sounds good like he can still belt it and it's very impressive but i feel like the reason he's going there is because there's no real tie to the words so he feels like he has to like really push it over to hit the finish line he's just really trying to burst out at the end to like make it stick and while i really like the sound of it he's this is such a like shitty thing to say, but he's not really saying anything. Yeah. I don't feel, um, I don't feel a strong emotional connection to it. it. I think the point that you're making about all of the extra sounds that are going on behind it, you know, it's, it's a good instinct to want to fill out the sound a little bit. And, um, that can be done to great effect, obviously, but to me, just the like inherent pathos of this type of song is that it has to be expressed this way. Mm-hmm. It has to be the singer and an acoustic guitar and maybe something else behind it. Um, but this isn't a song that he like has to go in the vocal booth and sing because it needs to be on here. It's just a kind of okay song that there's, yeah, there's no, like, there's nothing that cuts too deep about it. Yeah, and I imagine this, you know, they they kind of were very transparent about the fact that they wrote this record really quickly, kind of just all got together, and in a month's time, boom, there's a record, right? Mm -hmm. And I do have to imagine, though I think Throw Me to the Lions would be a fine closer, I would even argue, um, though it is not a song I like that much, the Dan song Stay could arguably close it out and be fine. Um, it the thing is though that stay would not be fine 
Fine yeah. is a very, very great song. Yes. Um, but I <laughs> this just feels written like they didn't feel like they had a closer, so they had to write something. And they were like, what if we did an acoustic track? Mm-hmm. And this is what we got. And that is me just... That's full of speculation, obviously. I have no way of knowing yeah. that. But that's yeah. what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it is... I, I'm not giving the song enough credit when i say that there's not emotion behind it yeah it's you know it's a heartbreak song but sorry about that is a fucking weighty song Mm -hmm. you know um blue in the face is that's a tough one to get through yeah times and this one it's like you gotta get you gotta be giving me a little bit more Instead, you give me fuck the pain away. Yeah. And, and like, showing up drunk and, like, all that falling on the floor. And it's just, it's all, very, like, even if it's real, it's all very trite to me. Like, it just doesn't, I, I've heard that kind of song before. Um, and I think what we've, a thing we've talked about a lot is that, like, Matt's very good when he's being literal, but he was at his best when he was, twisting phrases around to make them literal you know Mm -hmm. um taking something like you know thorn in my side and making it the size of a cadillac you know these weird things that like i think you see him still trying to do here but the narrative is just paper thin and i think what works about sorry about that and blue in the face is that there's a level of mystery to them there's a level mm-hmm. of intrigue to them. Whereas this is just like, you've told me the whole story and then you're screaming crystalline. Eh. Yeah. Um, I refuse to say crystalline. Um, <laughs> I mean, as you should, <laughs> I'm just saying that's what he says. Right. Right. What's the, um, Jerry Jerry Seinfeld has a has a cousin he introduces Jerry Levine and and then Jerry Levine says Levine and then mm-hmm. walks away and Jerry Seinfeld says yeah and I'm Jerry Cougar Mellencamp yeah 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 um it's it's a little goofy that the that the chorus of this song is that they go out for coffee they fuck (laughs) and then they go out for coffee and then they come back and fuck some more yeah like the there's this great moment at the end of neutral milk hotels in the aeroplane over the sea where he finishes the last song and then he gets up from the stool and you can hear the sound of him getting up from the stool. That is something that I feel like every, every one of the like acoustic tracks in the history of, of album closer, acoustic songs has the opportunity to take that moment Mm -hmm. of the person actually getting up. You can hear them. And there's that moment of life that's there. If it's earned, it's fucking the best. Yeah. And and this, like, just to me doesn't even, like, attempt to get there. 
there's not a like deeper human expression that's going on and this it's just like yep last track like it's cute it's good and i like it a lot more uh listening to it in uh without the sequence of the record without i agree but yeah it's it just doesn't give much well unfortunately to your point there it just doesn't feel human like it doesn't feel like he tracked the guitar sang the song stood Mm. up walked out of the room this feels like he tracked the guitar they put some stuff behind it as he was furiously writing lyrics to finish the record right right which can result in great stuff some people work really fucking well under the gun so that's not to like equate time spent on something with its inherent quality Mm. uh but this one it just feels like everything got built around it and then he just kind of went and he's like well this is what the song is about now yeah and it's it's just like why did why do we need that yeah you know what is it what's it doing other than filling space and that's the last thing you want (laughs) for the last song on your record to be something that just fills space well it's like um to take this in a slightly different direction one of my big complaints um about metal records is Mm -hmm. unnecessary intros um the last thing i want to hear is a three and a half minute intro to whatever the first actual song is Mm -hmm. um can it be done well absolutely Mm -hmm. do way too many people do it because that's what you're supposed to do also absolutely and I feel like that's kind of how I feel about the like acoustic closer in the present day. It's just kind of a thing that became this accepted end to a record thing. Yeah. Um, and it feels when it's at its best, it's awesome. You know, the neutral milk hotel example, um, there is a, to, to use that getting up off the stool thing, the uh, the famous canceled band from Long Island had a song that did the same thing that was very good. Mm. Um, Shout out to fucking Rat Boys, uh, my favorite band in Chicago. Another um, great example. GN closes with Peter the Wild Boy. It's one of my favorite songs that's ever been written. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, when it it works, it works so fucking well, Mm -hmm. you know? I think you can hear Julia getting up after that that song's finished, too. Shout out. But this one has none of that to me. Again, I I feel like I'm going real hard on it, but it's just, like, it feels very tropey. It feels very, uh, to borrow Lars Ulrich's uh, favorite phrase, it's, it's stock. Feels very stock. Um... Yeah, man, you talking about Lars Ulrich, it's really, it's really bringing up a lot in me because like my therapist has always been really into passing me uh, sticky notes with just like ideas for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I don't know that it's tough. Cause I don't, I don't really know. It, it feels like she's trying to be one of us Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta draw that line. It's tough though. You know, it's like. What am I going to do? She's also what keeps us together. And we pay her <laughs> a large salary for three years. <laughs> I love my therapist. I miss her. I Not as much as I love you. I miss you so much. What do you rate this song? I give this song a two. 
Hmm. I give it a three. And I almost went two and a half. Yeah, I think it's that tough. What is we've obviously spent so much time about talking about how this is just not a good song to close a record, but the song itself is to me, it's good. Um, and I, maybe it's maybe I'm self conscious about uh ragging on things today. Sure. Um, um, it only took us 105 episodes to to get here, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and uh, and three out of five this. I think that if um, I think that if this was a record that meant more to me, like yeah, it would it would sour it a little bit. But like I said earlier, the main sentiment of is this thing cursed by the Alkaline Trio is the fact that it's fucking good for the first quarter of it without question. And it's got yeah. some moments where it like doesn't retain that momentum, but we, we both had the first, the same reaction when we heard Blackbird for the first time where it was like, Holy fuck. Yeah. They're back. How yeah, I mean, I got st- their groove back. I still like that song. I still think it's got some of Matt's most interesting riffing in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the point I would make is like the reason I was wavering around two or 2.5 is like, I, I do in in isolation. I do like it better than I do on the record, which is a very odd thing. And I, it's hard to explain why that is, you know, well, like it's just how it feels. Can we, I mean, we could elaborate in, on it a little bit. I think it's um, the reason that maybe, maybe a, a bigger point about this song as a closing track is that closing tracks on their own, unless it's like a big, some people put the fucking, you know, big rocking, like, culminative mm-hmm. moment at the end of the record. Um, but for the most part, a, like, cathartic last song sort of needs that record attached to it. Otherwise, it's not going to have the same impact. It's like, you kind of got to, like, work to get to that emotional place. This one doesn't have that emotion attached to it. So it it's failing as a, as a last track is also sort of um indicated by the fact that you can just go and put it on yeah but it that, is like acoustic in this lesson on the record yeah you know that might be a good way to put it is like it doesn't feel like when you're doing that it feels like it has to kind of put the bow on everything it has to be really earned mm-hmm. you know and thinking about great closing tracks like this band's written quite a few of them if i'm going to be real so like <laughs> maybe it's just the fact that like I wouldn't put this in the top six like right you know so they they tend to I think close records pretty well with songs that I think in a lot of cases have become pretty iconic for them um 100% so it is a hard slot and you know that is a unique thing to this band um and I think just listening to it, I'm like, this is fine. But following everything, it just feels like, yeah, it just feels like such a downshift and it ends the record on the notes of the things I don't like mm-hmm. as opposed to the things I do like. And yeah. I think that's kind of the weird difference. Like, it's not bad, but it's just kind of, it, it's more of a, it's not the song that I want to hear and then flip the record over and start it over again. Mm-hmm. It kind of ends and I'm like, eh, 
Okay. I think that um, we have sort of a longstanding... We just wish that there was a little bit more bullshit detection on... And I don't think... The more we talk about this band, the more I think that there is... Matt doesn't have a good bullshit detector a lot of the time, especially recently. Like, there are two other people in this band. They gotta, they gotta step in at certain yeah. times. Yeah, and I mean, I do think to that point, you know, Derek records this record and then is out of the band for a while, you know, for reasons like... This is maybe Dan's least strong LP in modern memory for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you now, know, how do you I, define modern? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's like, yes, there are two other people in this band, but clearly Matt brought most of the material. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, it's kind of hard for you to look at the guy who's done more of the work and be like, Hey, this isn't good enough. Yeah. And I think that's the weird thing is like, I think we could have that conversation about this addiction where there's a bunch of Dan songs on a B side or mm-hmm. my shame is true where there's the broken wing EP with better Dan songs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and be like, Hey, what the fuck? But you look at this one and you're like, Whoa, Matt kind of. That's true. Brought it on a lot of tracks. Oh, I'm, I'm going to disappoint everybody at home and disappoint you and disappointing myself right here because we we spent a lot of time talking about acoustic closers and fucking like one trick pony over here did not talk about the here reason why paul, the reason why paul westerberg has does not have a great solo record is because he does not have a fucking cheese detector and his mm. cheese detector was Tommy Stinson. Those yeah. fucking those solo records are fucking corny at times and very well established fact about the dynamics of the replacements was that Tommy was <sighs> the one who's like no you're old He's 10 yeah, years yeah, younger yeah. Than, than fucking Paul Westerberg. He's like, no, dude, that, yeah, that's old man shit that you're singing right here. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do think that is necessary. And like in the right hands, a producer can be that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like I, I again, I don't want to like shit on this whole fucking thing. But like, yeah, it's just one of those that ends with a whimper where it's mm-hmm. like. Even this addiction, which I famously say is my least favorite record, oh, ends world with, famously, yes, ends with "Fine," a song I love. Yeah, also quite famous. Yes, so <laughs> that like even that, I'm like, ah, I can't like shit on that one. It's like it's got that. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, when it like when the end to a movie is bad, you're kind of like, I don't know if I like that. Even if you enjoyed eighty percent of what happened previous to it. I don't know about I don't know about taking it as far as as that because this is um it's really easy to like just kind of pretend that this doesn't happen. You can't yeah. really do that. You can't do that the same with a movie. Um but I think that the sentiment is there 
is I, that... I mean it mostly from the, like the rewatchability standpoint. You totally, know? totally. Where it's like I'll rewatch something that drags in the middle but ends strong. Mm-hmm. But when something kind of lags at the end, it just feels like you're in it too long. You know, for uh, sure. And and I think this one kind of does that. Again, I'm people who like this song are gonna think I'm a fucking asshole this week, so apologies. But like, it's just so close, and that's what frustrates me. It is Honestly, so close. Honestly, I think that um, I think that we had this conversation without sounding like assholes. Um, it's something that I am actually pretty proud of about our podcast, as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Um, we definitely came in a little hot at the beginning, yes. um, and we appreciate honestly anybody who has ever enjoyed, not even enjoyed. Anybody who has ever listened to this podcast, it's a podcast that we started to just have fun with each other talking. We appreciate anybody who's checked it out. Even if you're mad at us sometimes, the only people we don't appreciate are the one-star review motherfuckers who whine and then they freaking go on to the equivalent of Yelp for podcasts and they leave one star mm-hmm. reviews and they complain about David so much. They say that Tim guy is pretty cool, but I don't know about the other dude. Maybe if, maybe if Tim like lost some of that dead weight over there. Um, and while I appreciate those sentiments, David is really the one who knows everything. And I'm just kind of the one who, uh, uh, ha- records these things. So, um, fuck y'all like i need him he doesn't need me wait shit i'm gonna leave i'm i'll edit that part out dude don't worry yeah probably probably should we have a patreon patreon.com slash as you were you can help us keep the thing going throw us a few bucks a month we give you some cool shit in exchange for it it's it's great patreon is like so cool we've got got some things in the hopper they'll Um, be out of the hopper soon Hey, I wish you'd drop the hopper thing earlier because we were talking about coffee, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what true. they that's what they keep espresso beans in. Um, this is a podcast that we love doing. We've always enjoyed it. It has shifted into something that we get to do once a week in a situation where we don't get to see many people at all. It's nice to have this reprieve. It's nice to spend a Sunday <coughs> afternoon with my dude. Mm-hmm. And we hope that these find you well and that you're doing well with the uh, world as it is. Um, we are going to be back next week with yet another. And I'm looking forward to it. David, are you looking forward to it? Sure am, Tim. I mean, no. Are you looking forward to it? Are we having fun yet? Are you looking forward to it? Why, why is he yelling? We'll be back next week. Thanks for Another winner. Oh,